This is exactly right. favorite murder the minisode hi uh we were gonna read you some of your emails it started out as our idea now it's your idea yeah do whatever you want we're just here to tell you about it you want to go first yeah (laughs) i love this email (laughs) okay the subject line is pliers in the ignition red flag (laughs) dear karen and georgia this story takes place back in 2019 when I was in college. And then in parentheses, it says, hopefully that's okay. Your definition of a hometown story seems pretty loose these days. <laughs> How dare you? I had just moved into my freshman dorm and made the brave decision to fully come out as a gay guy. Unfortunately, this also came with what can only be described as a hoe phase. God bless. <laughs> I think that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. You've yeah. been holding back for like fucking 18 years in your home, your little hometown. Yes. Now you're allowed to fucking slut it up. You're at college. You've aligned with yourself and what you really want. And now you go get it. That's right. Okay. But then it says fast forward into later that year. After a long night of drinking the four locos we had smuggled into our door, (laughs) (laughs) I decided to meet up with an internet stranger or more specifically have him pick me up and take me home. And then in parentheses, it says, I mean, hey, we all had that phrase of being young and feeling absolutely invincible, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. And it actually says, anyways, against the advice of my friends, I got into this dude's car. And when I got in, let me tell you, he looked much older than the picture. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. He also had noticeable mannerisms that were a little unsettling, but I tried to ignore it. I attempted to break the ice and said, nice to meet you. Things still felt off, so I blurted a joke about his old beat-up car smelling weird. He got kind of quiet and offended, then mentioned his ignition wasn't working, so he had to, in quotes, mess with it. I somehow had not even noticed the hot-wired ignition in this man's car. (laughs) A pair of large pliers were sticking out of a completely butchered steering wheel ignition area with wires everywhere. Mm. The image is ingrained into my head to this day. It was really an oh-shit moment. We arrived at his creepy motel-esque apartment, and I immediately texted my friend my location. In brief words, I told her that this dude looks like he's on something and his car appears to be stolen. After weird small talk in his apartment, she arrives, and without any goodbye, I bolted out and into the safety of my friend's car. I hadn't heard your show at the time, but damn did I fuck politeness. (laughs) Nice. I never saw him again and sometimes questioned if it actually happened. And how was I so naive? I'm thankful it did happen, though, because it taught me I am not invincible and gay people can be creepy car thieves, too. And then in parentheses, (laughs) it says, yay, equality. (laughs) Stay sexy and check for pliers. Anonymous. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Pliers. Yeah. That's a red flag. That's a it's a real quick. Oh, um, oh, real quick. I have to run back in the house. Yeah, that's a uh, real quick. I'm going to tuck and roll and open the door and just look in one weird direction and say real quick in a weird voice. And then, yeah, hands on the uh, what's it called? A door handle. (laughs) Ten and two. Creepy story of the beyond. 
It says, yes, you asked for this in Minisode 317, and I am now resending this email weekly until you see this. <laughs> that's, nice. part, that's all the title. <laughs> Hi, all friends, furry or not, including forever, Stephen and the infamous Alejandra. Let's do this. <laughs> the infamous Alejandra. <laughs> Alejandra, what have you done? <laughs> forever, Stephen. I love that. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in spirits and ghosts. I've had too many creepy experiences not to be. This is not my experience, but my mom's and kind of my brother's that firmly rooted me further when it happened. My mom is a badass, powerful woman who broke into the male-dominated silo of being an attorney when she was younger. After being a stockbroker, she has no chill. Hmm. She's very good at her job and as a result was headhunted about 15 years ago from her old firm to her new firm. She had been at the previous for 12 years and was going through a horrible divorce with my piece of shit dad and had me 10 and my brother three. Mm. She was trying to talk herself out of it while on the phone with her late best friend, John, who I always say is my real dad and miss him terribly discussing her options. It was about midnight on a Friday and my then three-year-old brother, who had been asleep for hours, walked in, handed her a picture and said, in her, his little three-year-old voice, she says, don't be scared. He then walked out and went promptly back to bed. Uh, my mom was obviously shell-shocked and she asked John, did you hear that? Followed by, he brought me Sally's picture. Backstory on Sally. My mom has 10 siblings and six are now living. My poor grandmother had to bury four of her children, including Sally. Sally was hit and killed by a drunk driver at the age of 14 when mm. my mom was 10. Ugh. We obviously never met her and my mom doesn't have too many memories with her and was not particularly close with her being four years apart. We only have one photo of her in the house. I learned of Sally when I was about seven or eight, but my brother had no idea who she was at three years old. Once the shock wore off, John said, well, okay, then I guess your decision has been made. <laughs> Years later, we were on vacation talking about this book that claimed our house we stayed at was haunted. I then brought up, remember when Ryan did that creepy shit when he was three? He then proceeded to tell us in detail his recollection of her waking him up and asking him to follow her into the office, handed him the picture and told him to tell my mom her message. Oh, my God. He even told us detail down to what she was wearing the night she died. Her prominent cheekbones, seriously, they're insane, and her sleek black hair that was long and wavy. And it says, mind you, in the picture, it's a horrible short bowl cut. 1973, what a time to be alive. He was 15 then and still holds true to his memories of that night, now at 19. I have a recording on my phone from the original conversation in 2019 because it's truly unbelievable. <laughs> Needless to say, she did take the job and has been there as chief finance chair and head legal counsel for real estate for 15 years. Wow. Stay sexy and listen to your three-year-old when he is channeling spirits, Kayla. She says, don't be scared. And that's don't the be scared. only photo of her deceased 14-year-old sister. And this is a child that can't say applesauce, right. but is actually communicating, like giving you a pep talk right. from your sister who has passed on. Isn't that wild? And also, usually in those stories, if a kid is like three years old, if he was 14, he'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And like, instead, no. this kid's like, I'll tell you all about it. Yeah. Ooh, <gasps> good one. <sighs> right? 
There's a lot of talk about bettering yourself, but we don't all have endless weekends for retreats or expensive seminars. What if you could access the world of wellness for free and from the comfort of your home? That's right. You know we love Audible, but you might not know that their rich catalog includes several wellness categories, including physical wellness, mental wellness, spiritual wellness, and motivational. You'll find voices that inspire action, stories to inspire creativity, or arguably the best perk. You'll find sounds to lull you into a deep, restorative sleep. Audible is your partner on this ever-evolving wellness journey, and members get to keep one title a month in the Audible app, which means you get to take your wellness with you wherever you go. I actually found an amazing title on Audible that really surprised me. It's called A Guided Meditation for Healthful Sleep Mm. by Bella Ruth Naperstack. And it's essentially put it on and wake up the next morning. Like it was so effective. I'm not getting engaged with like a story or Mm -hmm. anything like that. It's like basically this kind of really nice white noise that sent me off to sleep. I need that. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash murder or text murder to 500-500. That's audible.com slash murder or text murder to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash murder. Goodbye. Here's another good one. It says, writing the car running boards gone wrong. (laughs) Karen's story in episode 410. It says, hi, everybody, but specifically Karen, because this one's for you. In episode 410, you talk about how your dad let you and your sister ride on the running boards of the car. And it being so exciting. It really was. My mom used to let me and my brother do the same at the time. It's so insane. It's so insane. Does everyone know what it means? It's like the step that's outside of the door, like that you used to step up, right? Like to get in a truck or whatever. Yeah. In some cars, like ours was a Volkswagen. You see them on big SUVs a lot of the time. Yeah. There's a little, like a lip, like a step. Uh-huh. And only kids' feet would fit onto yeah. it. So like you couldn't do it as an adult on a Volkswagen for sure. Right. But we'd be like four feet tall. My dad would roll the window up a little Hold bit. Hold on to the windowsill. Oh my God. You just hold on to the window. Okay. (laughs) At the time of the story, we were living on 10 plus acres in East Texas. So we had a super long driveway to our house. Mm. It was customary for my mom to stop and let me and my brother get on each side of the car and hang on to the oh shit handles on the inside (laughs) while we were standing on the running boards on the outside. Every single day when we got home from school, we would do this. (laughs) Cute though, right? Well... Until, it says, my brother and I would be laughing with excitement at each other through the open windows on either side of the car. Mm. This specific day, my brother was on the driver's side by my mom and I was on the passenger side. My mom had just gotten the car washed and waxed the day before. (gasps) So the running boards were a bit more slick than usual. All of a sudden, while looking at my brother and laughing, I see him fall. Then feel the car roll over him. Immediately, my mom presses on the brake and we both hop out of the car while my brother is screaming bloody murder. My mom ran over my brother. Oh, my God. Right? Lucky for him and her and also me, it was only his leg. And after a quick visit to urgent care, he walked away with no injuries. Oh, you ran (laughs) over your son in the car that you let him hang. Like, you can't explain that away. You know, like that urgent care. Well... How did this yeah. happen? It, uh, how it happened isn't important. It's the yeah, fact yeah, yeah. that I didn't want it to happen. Right. That's the mom. 
So it says, you can imagine that no one in the family ever let my mom live that down. <laughs> For Christmas that year, an uncle of mine got my brother a white shirt with tire marks going oh across God. it just to let everyone know <laughs> we will always remember. <laughs> I like that uncle. Yep. Thank you. I mean, it just like spread like gossip in their own family. It's hilarious. Thank you, ladies, for being such a big part of my life for the past five years. Y'all have gotten me through college, death of loved ones, the pandemic, and multiple failed attempts at finding a job I don't absolutely hate. (laughs) Stay sexy and don't get run over by your mom, (laughs) Addison, she, her. (laughs) Good one, Addison. Sweet. Childhood hijinks. What's the thing that a family member in your family can't live down that everyone like fucking brings up every holiday? Is it you that did something like what is it? Yeah, that's a great prompt because that is actually an easier way to think of something than like, tell us a great story. It's like, no, no, no. If your family thinks it's great or your family thinks it's funny, then it's probably a great story. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was just like, what's mine? And I'm like, oh, my cousin Mitch on prom night threw up in the limo and they had to pay $200. This is like in the 80s. Had to pay like he's never lived that down. The equivalent of a thousand dollars, I bet. Yes, absolutely. Like crazy. From drinking, <laughs> by the way, from drinking. Mine is that I walked away from my family in Disneyland on our big trip to Disneyland when I was five <laughs> because I was so scared on Pirates of the Caribbean. And then we got in line for the Jungle Cruise and I thought they were making me go on Pirates of the Caribbean again. So I just left. Like <laughs> You're like, fuck this shit. I'm out. I'm gone. And then, of course, it was a complete meltdown that like family vacation, everyone is all stoked. And suddenly it's like Karen's missing. She's been stolen. Blah, blah, blah. God, a a nightmare. Yeah. Okay. Summer Jam 73 story. And then it says a dad on fire. Literally. (laughs) Hello. I sent this in ages ago, but with the recent episode and it's number 406, my husband's lovely wife. Thank you uh, (laughs) for pointing that out about Summer Jam at Watkins Glen. Remember the couple who went missing. I figured I'd give it a whirl again. This is my dad's time to shine. I could fill a book with stories from his wild hippie days, but in the interest of time and now relevancy, I'll share just my favorite. In the summer of 1973, my 20-year-old dad and his friends packed into a big van and drove to upstate New York for the festival. Upon arrival, my dad crashed in the back of the van while the others went out to get the party started. He woke up from his nap and stepped out of the van, stretching and yawning and still half asleep, only to be hit in the chest with a flaming can of gasoline that someone had thrown over their shoulder in a panic. What? (laughs) What? I think they were like starting a bonfire and it caught fire, a gas can caught fire and he threw it. He's like, (sighs) yeah. But like who throws a fucking gas can like towards, it's just. Yeah. Over their shoulder, like, well, let's get rid of this. Yeah. As if there's just always nothing behind you. (laughs) Right. It says, uh, Stop, drop, and roll immediately went out the window, and my dad took off running on fire. (laughs) He says the crowd parted before him like the Red Sea. I can only imagine the spectacle of a tall, skinny, long-haired, and flaming man bombing through a crowded campground. (laughs) LOLOL. He kept going until his friends who were chasing him finally caught up and tackled him to the ground, putting out the fire, but melting his clothes onto his skin. Oh, shit. He still has the scars, but somehow at the time, this didn't phase him. And it says, in parentheses, drugs. Drugs. That's the the explanation (laughs) for this entire story. Yeah, for real. Just the purest acid you have ever imagined. 
Yeah. I bet those people that threw the flaming gas can were just like, someone's going to love this. (laughs) This will be great. Keep someone warm. Yeah. And he stayed at the festival for days, partying to sets from the Grateful Dead, the Who, and other legends. It just didn't even cross the blood brain barrier that he had fucking burns. Uh, But burnt skin. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. He's always talked about the Grateful Dead soundcheck from the night before the festival as being one of the best shows he ever saw and was totally vindicated when Far Out magazine wrote a story about that very set. (laughs) So interesting, right? Far Out magazine. Yeah. (laughs) Stay sexy and don't pour gasoline on an open flame. Carrie. Yeah, that's great advice. Jesus. Fucking hippies, man. Yeah. What a time. There's never going to be a time like that again. No. Because, you know, insurance and (laughs) all the lessons that we've learned, I guess, along the way. And then you have to worry that someone's filming it for their fucking Instagram account, too. Yeah. You become like a hilarious viral video as your shirt's burning onto your skin. So lucky. (laughs) Are they? Okay, here's a question for you. What do ice, cat litter, and laundry detergent all have in common? If you said they're heavy AF, you're right. Or if you said you don't know you're out of them until it's too late, you're also correct. Most importantly, these items can all be ordered directly to your house with DoorDash. At this point, we all know and love that DoorDash can deliver our go-to comfort meals from our favorite restaurants. But did you know that you can also order household cleaning essentials and even over-the-counter pharmaceutical products through DoorDash? That's right. DoorDash is here to help you in a pinch. Like the 30 minutes before you host a party when you look around and feel like you're missing something, quickly get extra decorations, scented candles, or beer and wine delivered right to your door. Or the day after the party when you realize you don't have enough garbage bags, wet wipes, or ibuprofen to make it through cleanup, DoorDash has you covered. DoorDash is perfect for my parties because every single time we don't get enough ice. Everyone always needs ice and they forget it. And running to the store when your party's about to start or when it's already started or in the middle of it is a nightmare. So having DoorDash drop off some ice or party supplies or whatever you need is so awesome. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. Must be 21 or older to order alcohol. Drink responsibly. Alcohol available only in select markets. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye
The subject line of this email is naughty pony. (laughs) And then it says, hello, women who keep me company in the car. So I don't need to hear my thoughts and various pets. (laughs) You asked for bad dog stories, which I don't have, but I do have a naughty pony. Growing up, my mom worked in the horse industry and then in parentheses. Yes, that's a thing. So I was super, super lucky and had a rotating cast of ponies growing up. Most were on their way to finding a long-term home, but some of them stuck around. One in particular stood out as the naughtiest and funniest pony I've ever worked with. Toby was a fat black pony with wild hair and questionable origins. He was low to the ground, sweet with kids, lazy, and had a mind that surpasses many of the adults I presently know. This pony would nab chocolate ice cream cones out of unsuspecting little hands. He ate an entire 12-inch Italian sub (laughs) stolen from my sister. (laughs) And yes, you're right. Ponies really shouldn't eat meat. No worries for Toby, though. He was indestructible. Anyway, Toby figured out how to open the gate to his paddock. Not content with just being loose on his own, however, he would wander over to the field with the big horses, open their gate, and then lead a merry parade into the barn where he would open the bin with the grain and they would all have a fabulous evening. My, my father busted him in the act, so naturally decided to change the snaps to close the gates and put a handle with one of the thumb things on the feed bin. This was no match for Toby, and within a week, he had mastered all of them, and the mayhem resumed. Mm. (laughs) He learned the new, like, locks. My father, unwilling to be outsmarted by an animal who didn't come up past his hip, installed a very low-voltage electric (gasps) fence around all of the paddocks, including a section that needed to be unhooked in front of the gate. And then in parentheses, it says, yes, my sister tricked me into shocking myself several times. She is an email unto herself. (laughs) I love that. The electric fence is like that's farm standard. And I will never forget the first time I like grabbed an electric fence, the wire of an electric fence. And I was just like, I couldn't let go. And it's like, it hurts and everything, but it is the weirdest fucking feel. When you finally let go, you're just like, I'm never going to do it's that like again. It's like you feel it in your teeth almost, where yes. it's your whole body. Yeah. It's like the cartoon where your skeleton lights up like a lamp. Like, that's truly <laughs> how it feels. I have the suburban equivalent of my sister telling me to stick a fork in the fucking outlet. <laughs> you sure. My sister told sure. me to. Hey, she. it was a great suggestion. Yeah. Toby the Pony looked that electric fence over, said amateurs, and unhooked it using the small plastic bit meant to keep the humans from getting shocked and had himself another grain happy hour. We never figured out a way to contain him at our farm, but happily he never went farther than the food. Toby lived well into his 30s. What? (laughs) And was loved by many children. Mm. I have many other Toby and silly, other silly horse stories, if that's of any interest. Thank you for all you do. You've kept me company for years, and I'm especially grateful for how you've helped me come to terms with my body dysmorphia, and that it's not that weird to always wonder how many bodies might be buried in that creepy guy's basement. <laughs> Don't let the man contain you. SSDGM, <laughs> Beth. Oh, Beth, I love it. That was a good one. Oh. I want to be friends with a horse, a smart horse. My cousin Stevie had a pony name. Ponies are a different thing altogether. And he had a pony named Sugar Babe. Mm. And she was, only he could ride her. Mm -hmm. He would go, you should ride Sugar Babe. And we'd get on and she would buck us off immediately. (laughs) Like she was the craziest little horse. It's like, 
it's a whole kind of separate situation. Like they're, it's so Are funny. They like cats? They remind me of cats a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> like cats with big teeth that will bite you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. They are kind of like the cats of the farm world. Yeah. Like clever and then use it for good or evil. Yeah. Right. Okay. This one, my last one's called the Beast of Busco. What up ladies? Mm-hmm. This story is about a town in Indiana named Churubusco and why it is called Turtletown, USA. (laughs) I recently moved from a big city in Indiana, and let me tell you, the small town stories here are wild. This one I learned about from my husband who grew up in the area. Back in 1890, a farmer named Oscar claimed to have seen a giant turtle the size of a boat living in his pond. (laughs) Then, 70 years ago, two guys saw a turtle weighing almost 500 pounds while fishing in that same pond. Then two roofers saw it, tried to capture it, and it broke their 300-pound net. The new owner of the property claimed to have seen it too, and word spread. This turtle became nationally famous. (laughs) Thousands of people were coming onto the property to try to see it. Planes flew overhead, and this little town was clogged with traffic. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Can you imagine? Because everybody wants to see a gigantic turtle. Oh, what I else mean, is there to do? Get over here. Yeah. The owner of the property vowed to try to capture it. The media named the turtle Oscar after the farmer who saw it first, and others called it the Beast of Busco. <laughs> the city put together a turtle committee to oversee the monster's safe capture and hired skilled divers to search the lake. Professional turtle trappers from Tennessee. And it says, I mean, who knew that this was even a profession? Yeah, really. I mean, sorry, but I'm a professional turtle trapper. Exactly. Like, what? You're certified? <laughs> I, Are you certified? Yeah, I'm, I'm that fast. <laughs> and even put a 200-pound female turtle into the lake to try to lure the massive turtle out with love. Nothing worked, <laughs> not even love. So they finally drained the lake. Just, can't it just be a fucking folklore? Yeah. It's just like, we got to find it and high five it. Otherwise, yep. what have we done with our lives? Get it out here. Make it eat a head of cabbage. We need this is we demand it. That's right. So they finally drained the lake over a couple of months to see what was at the bottom. Literally nothing. And the owner of the property <laughs> finally gave up after running out of money. Someone had to fucking pay for this shit. Yeah. But to this day, the shops are all turtle themed, as are the street names and murals. The town has a four day celebration every year called Turtle Days. <laughs> I want to go to fucking Turtle Days, don't you? absolutely it was just the one big turtle it wasn't like a bunch of turtles nope just the one guy just the one guy made his fucking mark (laughs) even though he didn't exist possibly he never showed up yeah they have turtle races judge turtle sculptures and carnival rides but driving through it now feels a little like a ghost town i guess it's basically indiana's loch ness monster and some people still think they can find it And that's the whole story. Maybe next time I'll tell you how my uncle managed to sneak into every movie he's ever seen. My career in axe throwing as a second grader. The time my dog saved us from carbon monoxide poisoning. Oh, shit. My coworker getting chased out of his bedroom by a man carrying a machete. Or how my sister used to tie me up and keep me in the dog kennel. (laughs) Thanks for making it through this long and fairly anticlimactic story. I really had no one else to tell it to. (laughs) Love ya, Sadie. (laughs) Sadie, our pleasure. It was a delight. That and any other story you want to send in. You know what's so weird? I have a cousin named Sadie and another cousin named Toby. They're sisters. 
and so Toby from the horse story and Sadie from this story. Yeah. Weird. And that's it, right? Oh, hey, that's it. Guys, it's over. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. If you want one more story from each of us, we have put those up in the fan cult for years. So that's actually, if you join now, you'll probably have hours and hours of oh my one God. story from each of us, right? Additional content of like secret emails. Get in there. <laughs> By the way, we solved the JFK assassination, but we oh. that's we're not going to promise that. Yeah. Like, we can't advertise it. Allegedly. Allegedly. Stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Give Give Elvis, do you want a cookie? This has been an Exactly Right production. Our senior producer is Alejandra Keck. Our editor is Aristotle Acevedo. This episode was mixed by Liana Squalachi. Email your hometowns to myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. And follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at My Favorite Murder and on Twitter at My Fave Murder. Goodbye. Goodbye.